ask that you bless the people as they give and as they support missions. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, uh, let's get into the Word of God here. And uh, you can turn to, let's turn to Psalm 91. It's a great psalm of protection in the Bible. And uh, I remember last week I'd ask you if you'd heard anything about that coronavirus and almost nobody had heard anything about it. And I, in this last week, if you've watched new, the news at all, it's about all they talk about. Have you, has anybody heard about it in this last week? And uh, you get the extremes on either end. Some, some say that, you know, that the whole country basically is going to be shut down over it. And others say that it won't be, you know, that much of anything. So I suspect the truth is probably somewhere in the middle there. And, um, of course, the Holy Spirit warned us about this. It generally warned us about this about a month ago before it ever became an issue right here in this sanctuary if you remember but uh, anyway you know he'll show us things to come won't he and, and get us ready but you know many Bible scholars believe that Moses wrote Psalm 91 and, uh, and, and so I want to go through that psalm with you today but I'm going to spend most of the time though on the first two verses because it's those verses that have to be in order in our lives for the rest of the psalm to work for us. And many people want to claim Psalm 91 and all the great blessings of Psalm 91. But if you don't do the first two verses, the rest of the verses won't work for you. You know, the Bible is full of conditional promises. And so many times, I think all of us, I know I have been guilty of just wanting to go and take the promises and stand on the promises, but if you don't realize it, that you know you can get in trouble because many of the promises of the Bible are conditional. You know, even salvation is conditional, right? I mean, it's it's available to all, but what's the condition that we repent of our sins and receive Jesus? Is that right? You know, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So many want to stand on that. and uh, But that don't work for you unless you're supporting the work of God's ministry and supporting the gospel. And so the Bible's full of conditional promises. Psalm 91 is no different. There's three basic things that have to be done by us, and we see them in the first two verses in order to get all the, the, the blessing of the rest of the psalm. Notice here in Psalm 91 verse 1, that he who dwells, notice that dwells, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So the first condition is that you have to dwell and abide in the secret place of the Most High. That's the first condition of Psalm 91, to dwell and abide in the secret place of the Almighty. Now, this dwelling and abiding, it means to make your home in. You know, you dwell or you abide in your house. You're there a lot of the time, aren't you, you know? You dwell there. It's your home. You live in it. You're, it this, this, this dwelling and abiding has to do with remaining in something continually and never leaving it. 
means to be anchored in or to stay put. And so, it, so for the psalm to work for us, we have to anchor ourselves in and stay put in the secret place of the Most High. You know, people have asked me, where is that secret place? And I think the answer is clear. It's in Jesus, you know. It's in Him. Jesus made the statement. He said, abide in me. And so that's the secret place in Jesus, yet there's, there's more to it than just being in Jesus. Listen carefully. Jesus also went on to say, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. You see, multitudes of God's children are in Christ Jesus, all right. That's why they're God's children. They're in Christ but yet they're being destroyed. Yet they're being destroyed. Now you know as well as I do that there's Christians all throughout the land and I've watched them here in this church over the many years and, and, and you know over many, many years that they're, they're born again alright. They love the Lord. They're going to heaven when they die. There's no question about that. But yet they're just continuous, continuously being being uh, destroyed in their everyday life, you know, whether it, whether it be in in their health or their finances or w whatever the case may be. Well, they're in Christ, all right, certainly. But I've observed this over the many years. The words of Christ aren't 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 abiding in them. They spend very little time in the Word of God. They spend very little time in prayer and dedication. And to get Psalm 91 to work for you, you have to be in Jesus, all right, but you have to also have the Word of God abiding in your heart. And, and, and I've watched it so, I've just watched it for years and years and years. And, and again, people are born again, they love the Lord, on their way to heaven. But when the devil attacks them, they're just completely, they just, they just fold and are defeated. And the reason is because they're not, they're not abiding in the Word of God. I, I think it's fair to say that I'm years and years of doing this, most Christians spend basically no time in the Word of God throughout the week. Most of them. About the only time they're ever really in the Bible is when they come to church, if they come to church. Now, you can't get Psalm 91 to work for you if that's all the time you're spending in the Word of God. And frankly, if you come to church and you, you listen to everything I say, that isn't even going to get Psalm 91 to work for you. That's a part of it. But you, it's something you have to do daily. You have to stay in His Word daily. You, you understand what I'm saying? That's how you abide. doesn't mean you have to read the Bible cover to cover every week. It doesn't mean that at all. But what, what I am saying is you have to spend time throughout the week getting into some scriptures and, and meditating on them and, and staying in, in the word of God, see? So you have to abide in Jesus, but his words also have to abide in you. And if his word abides in you, then, according to the Bible, you'll be walking in the light. See, you have to walk in the light of God's word for Psalm 91 to work for you. Uh, the Bible says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And then it goes on to say if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. 
we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, then we have fellowship with him. See, we have to walk in the light. We have to walk in the light of the word of God for Psalm 91 to work for us. And of course, people will say, well, you know, how really do we walk in the light? Well, you walk according to the word of God, all right, but let me tell you something else. It's all about walking in love. You know, the Bible says God is love. And would you agree with me that being in Christ, being in God, is being in the secret place of the Most High? So in order to be in God, you're going to have to walk in love. Would you agree with that? The Bible says that we must keep ourselves in the love of God. And if you want Psalm 91 to work for you, you're going to have to walk in the light of the Word of God. And the main thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to walk in love. That's the main thing you're going to have to do is walk in love. Again, if you want Psalm 91 to work for you, you're going to have to walk in love. Now, having said that, just listen to this. We could, we could go to 1 Corinthians and look all these things up, but just sit there and listen how a person acts if they're walking in love. The Bible says that love endures long, is patient and kind. You see, all these things have to be in order for Psalm 91 to work for you. You're going to have to endure long. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to be kind. Love is never envious. It never boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful, vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. See, if there's any arrogance about you or any inflation of pride about you, it disqualifies you from Psalm 91. The Bible says love is not rude or unmannerly. I've met so many rude Christians over the many, many years. I've actually had Christians over the many years be far more rude than a lot of sinners I've met out in the world. And, and then they wonder why Psalm 91 doesn't work for them. Well, you have to walk in the light. You have to walk in love. And, and, and love is not rude. It's not unmannerly. See, we're talking about staying in God and to stay in that secret place. It's in God. But to stay, to stay there, you have to... And, 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 I mean, you can, do you understand? You can be in God and, and, and be completely attacked and destroyed by the devil. You understand that? And, and die and go to heaven. Do you all understand that? I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about not only being in God, but once you're in God, there is a secret place you can get into that's a place of protection, a, pl a harbor of safety. And when you're in, and when you're in Christ, you're, 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 you have a harbor of protection. You're going to go to heaven when you die. But I don't want the devil to beat the tar out of me in the meantime. You understand? You get what I'm saying? between now and the time I die or the rapture takes place, whichever comes first, I don't want the devil to beat the tar out of me in the meantime. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what I'm talking about here today. How can we not only be in, in Christ, be in God and go into heaven when we die, but, but be victorious between now and the time we do go to heaven? That's what this sermon is all about. And in order to do that, you have to walk in the light. God is light. You have to walk in love. God is love. So you have to walk in the light. You have to walk in God. And, and you have to walk in love. See? 
And love is not arrogant. It's not inflated with pride. It's not rude. It's not unmannerly. See, I believe in using the hand sanitizers. My wife will tell you that. But I'm convinced you can use the hand sanitizers and you ought to use them. But just as important as those hand sanitizers are, I believe walking in love is just as important and more. Love is not rude, unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. It, it does not insist on its own rights or its own way. See, how bad do you want Psalm 91 to work for you? Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy. Touchiness. Being touchy. You know, anything anybody says, touchy, touchy. People touchy. Easily, listen, if you're going to be easily offended, Psalm 91 isn't going to work for you. Now, we're going to go through all these great scriptures here in Psalm 91 in just a moment. But, again, if you don't do what I'm talking about now, then the rest of these verses are, don't apply to you. If you're going to be easily offended, then, you're, then, then Psalm 91 is not going to work for you. I've gotten myself, I've trained myself over the years. There was a day when I was much younger, way back before we ever started this church, if somebody looked at me wrong, I'd get my feelings hurt and I'd be, you know, all offended. But I tell you what, I've learned over the years, I mean, you almost have to come up and hit me in the head with a baseball bat to offend me. I mean, you'd almost have to come up and cuss me. I don't even think, after teaching junior high for all those years, I don't even think you coming up cussing me out would offend me. It'd have to be something pretty worse, terrible beyond that. How bad do you want Psalm 91 to work for you? You can't insist on your own rights, your own way. You can't be self-seeking, touchy, fretful, resentful. You can't take account of any evil done to you. I'm reading, you know, from 1 Corinthians 13 in the Amplified. You all are pretty familiar with that, I think. We've covered it many times. But it's good repetition here to re review. No resentfulness. Can't take account of an evil done to you. Here, you pay no attention to a suffered wrong. Somebody does you wrong, you pay no attention to it. Yeah, but they did me wrong. I'm going to hit me on the right cheek. I'm going to hit them on the left. No, no, no. You pay no attention to a suffered wrong. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. That doesn't mean you're going to be a punching bag for the world. When they hit you on the right cheek, turn to them the other also. And when you do, God puts his boxing gloves on. Let him fight his, your battles for you. Say amen, somebody right there. If you, if you don't turn the other cheek, then you get to wear the boxing gloves and you get to fight your own battles and you're probably going to lose. Turn the other cheek. Let the Lord fight your battles for you. Again, that doesn't mean you let people beat you up or you come in and start beating on my wife, I'm going to tear you to shreds. You understand that? So there's a balance in all this. You understand what I'm talking about. 
I'd get on you worse for going off on my wife than going off on me. Now, somebody ought to say amen to that. You can't rejoice at injustice or unrighteousness, but you have to rejoice when right and truth prevail. You have to bear up under anything and everything that comes along. You have to ever, listen to this, you have to ever be ready to believe the best of every person. Did, I, did some of you just step disqualify, get disqualified from Psalm 91 right there? You have to ever be ready to believe the best of every person. That, that, might, that might be the hardest one in the list to do. I don't know. But see, this is how God looks at us, and he expects us to look at other people the same way. Ever be ready to believe the best of every person. You know... If you hear something about somebody, you shouldn't be willing to believe what you hear until you've actually gone and talked to that person that you heard it about. I've watched this over the years where, you know, I've even dealt with it. You know, I'll be here all these years and serving you faithfully and somebody will come along and just be here a short time, they'll say something bad about me, and folks will want to believe that over somebody they've known for all these years. You've got to be watchful about that. Understand how your human flesh operates, your the fallen the flesh that we all have to deal with. We, the Bible says we need to keep that under. And uh, you hear something bad about somebody, you need to go find out their side of the story before you make a conclusion. Can you say amen to that? You have to believe the best of every person, and so on and so forth. So the first thing you have to do is you have to, for the 91st Psalm to work for you, you have to, you have to walk in the light of God's Word. You have to walk in love. Now here's the next thing in Psalm 91 verse 2. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress. I will say of the Lord. Here's the second thing. You've got to watch what you're saying about God. You've got to watch what you're saying of the Lord, about the Lord. You know, if you study the book of Job, you'll see that Job's friends and even Job himself said a lot of things about God that weren't so particularly Job's friends. And God tells Job's friends, he says, you have not spoken of me what is right. Words are being spoken about me without knowledge. We have to be watchful what we're saying about the Lord. Uh, here's a good example wonder why God put that sickness on that person. Well, God doesn't put sickness on people. wonder why God brought that, that, that hurricane in there and hit that area 
and, 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 and destroyed that, I guess he must have been, oh, he is bringing judgment on that area. And then you find out that a little, a little orphanage got torn up and the, and, the, and, and, and the gambling casino and the beer hall wasn't touched. I think God has better aim than that. Huh? But people are saying, well, God judged it, and it wasn't his judgment at all. Why did God let that happen to me? Well, I can't explain a lot of things I don't know. I think that when we get to heaven, we're going to find out that God let a lot of things happen to us that at the time it happened, we weren't too happy about it. But when we see the big picture, things that he could see that we can't see, we're going to say, thank you, Lord, for letting that happen to me or not letting that happen to me. Oh, why why couldn't I have that person for my wife? Oh, I wanted that person for my wife. I saw two ladies... Girls, actually, when I was much younger, before I ever met Diane, two of them that I would have married, and at the time, neither one of them would have anything to do with me, you know, along those lines, and uh, I was just so heartbroken. You know, all these years later, I'm able to look back, and I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you blinded their eyes, that they couldn't see how wonderful I was. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because I know if I'd have got either one of them, my life on earth would have been hell on earth to whatever degree. And my, probably would have ended in divorce. And much we could say about that. But So I'm thankful to him. At the time, I didn't understand it all. And tears in my eyes, so sad about these things. But then you look back in time, and you know, oh, thank, thank you, Lord. He had Diane for me, you see. And heaven on earth being married to her. So we got to watch what we're saying about the Lord. You know, over in the book of Malachi, you don't have to turn there, but you should read it sometime. The, uh, the Lord was listening in. You know the Lord listens in to what we, we say. And he said to the people over there, he said, you're, listen to this, he said, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet, yet you say, what have we spoken against you? And you have said it's vain or useless to serve God. What profit is it that we've kept his ordinance and that we've walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud blessed, and those who do wickedness are raised up and even tempt God go free. Have you ever maybe said some things about the Lord Similar to that, like, Lord, I've served you. I've served you all these years. I, I've sought your face. I've studied your word. I've tithed. I've done this. I've done that. I've, I've done, every, you know, done everything I know to do. And it looks like I'm not going forward at all. It looks like I'm not being promoted. And if anything, it looks like I'm going backward. And I see all these people out here who are very unscrupulous doing this and doing that and acting horribly and prideful. It looks like they're going up and we're going back. And I'm going back. You know, well, I don't understand that. Can anybody ever say they've done that besides me? Well, that's what these people over in Malachi, the third chapter, were doing and saying. They loved the Lord. They loved the Lord with all their heart. 
and they, were, they, were, they walked mournfully before him, but they came, came to a point where they said, it's just vain, useless to serve God because we're doing all this stuff before him and, and, and honoring him, and it looks like we're, we're, there's no profit. We're not getting ahead, but all these sinners out here, they're doing all this horrible stuff, and they're just going up, and we're going backward. You know what God said? He said, your words have been harsh, stout against me. And then he went on to say, he said, put it in my own words, he said, come back on judgment day, and when I, when I make up my jewels and I bless those that walk before me, and, 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 and see how when the sinners are turned essentially into hell, come back and then we'll talk about, is it vain to serve God or not? See, a lot of times things go on here in this world that, you know, we don't understand. We don't know why these people do what they do, and it looks like they're going up, and we're doing what we're doing, and we're, we're going backward. But let's come back on Judgment Day when the people who lived down here right before the Lord and looked like they were never noticed or never paid any attention to, but then on that day, God pays attention to them and hands them a great crown and and blesses them. And, and then these other folks over here who never served him, never, you know, they wind up being thrown into the lake of fire. Come back, he said, in that day, and then we'll see if it's profitable to serve me or not. But you see, the point of this is, is I think I can speak for myself. I, 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 I've said things about the Lord. I love him with all my heart. But Lord, I, do, I try so hard. I try to do my best. I try to do this, that, and the other. And, and, and it just looks like I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not advancing at all. But see, if you want Psalm 91 to work for you, you've got to put a muzzle on your mouth and not say those things. I still struggle in, in, in that area. You can ask my wife. But and not that I love, how many of you know I love the Lord? I really do. But still, you know, Lord, why, why? Why didn't, you know, why? I'm going to put the, I got I to gotta get my wife to get some, some of that black duct tape sometimes and just wrap it around my, my head and, and around my mouth and shut me up, you know. You know what I'm, t we should have done an illustration this morning where you just wrap that around my. Stop saying things about the Lord that's not, that's not so. Even though you love Him, we know you love Him, but it's still... Oh Lord, why did you let this happen to me? Why? Blah, 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 blah. It seems like you're not. It seems like you're unfair. Blah, blah, blah. We got to stop that if you want Psalm 91 to work for you. And then notice here, I will say, Lord, He's my. Re See, what should we be saying to the Lord in all circumstances? He's my what? He's my refuge and my fortress, my God. And then the next part here is the third thing, in Him I will trust. You're going to always have to keep your trust in Him. Always keep your trust in Him. And if you do those things that I just said, now what, what were the three things? What was the first one? Help me out. We're going to have to abide in Him, and the Word's going to have to abide in you. Walk in the light of the Word. Walk in love. The second thing is you're going to have to watch what you, what you say about the Lord. And the third thing, you're going to have to always what? Trust in Him. Now, if you do those three things regularly, continuously, 
then we get to verse 3 and all kinds of blessings will go off in your life. So here we, it's like that, 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 that remember that, that one verse? It's a powerful verse in the Bible. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. How many remembers that? Where men will give unto your bosom. Remember that? And that one word, give, and you do that giving with a right heart. You do that giving and, it, and, then, and then there's an explosion that takes place. Give, and once you give, guess what? It will be given to you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You, you follow what I'm saying? And the same thing is true here. If we'll do these three things that I mentioned, then we get to verse 3, and there's a, great, there's a great spiritual explosion that takes place, and all these blessings are now available to us. So let's start in verse 3 and go through these. Surely, we're allowed to say surely. Surely, that means there's no doubt about it. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. That's from the traps of the devil. And from the, watch this, and from the perilous pestilence. Well, I guess coronavirus, corona, I, know, I don't guess, I know, coronavirus, I can't even hardly, coronavirus would fit right in there, wouldn't it? He said, surely, did he say, did he say surely or did he say surely? That means there's no doubt about it. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Surely he shall, that means from the traps of the devil. And surely he shall deliver you from the perilous pestilence as any deadly disease. Surely. And then verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. What do you mean God has feathers and wings? Well, study into the Hebrew. It's talking about under his arms and his hands. He'll cover you with his arms, with his hands. And under his arms, under his hands, there's nothing like having the hand of God on you. Under his arms, under his hands, you'll take refuge. His truth, what's his truth? His word will be your shield and your Buckler, a buckler is just a smaller kind of shield, so that's all good, isn't it? You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Glory to God. You don't have to be afraid of the dark or anything that prowls around in the dark, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Well, we, we think about, uh, you know, they talked about arrows back there then, but we don't live in a day so much of arrows. We live in a day of bullets, don't we? So we don't have to be afraid of the terror by night or bullets that fly by the day. Makes me think of a man that I, I, I met, Terry Mize. He's a, 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 a missionary. And... Uh, and there was a story that was actually circulating many years ago on some of the, uh, like, Pat Robertson's show, you know, and, and different ones that were, and I got, it got my attention. All those years later, I got to meet Terry Mize, and he told me the story himself, what happened to him. If you've heard it before, it bears a repetition. You, you need to hear it again. He, he said he was, a, he was a, a missionary down in Mexico, and he was driving along, headed to his house, going back home from his time on the mission field, just at the end of the day, driving home. And there was a hitchhiker along the side of the road, and he picked up the hitchhiker. And so they drove on down the road, and while they're driving along, the hitchhiker pulls out a gun and holds it on Terry Mize. So stop the car. Terry Mize stopped the car, 
he said, get out of the car, I'll meet you at the front of the car. So Terry Myers got out of the car, the hitchhiker got out of the car, they're in the front of the car, and the hitchhiker's got his, 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 his gun, he's got six bullets in it, and he says, uh, he says to Terry Mize, he said, give me all your money and all what you got, and so he gave him all his money and whatnot, laid it up there, he said, now I'm going to kill you. And Terry Mize told me, he said, I said, well, I said, I said, what was going on when all that was, was happening? He said, I was, he said, I said, were you scared? He said, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, it's one thing to feel fear, you know. It's another thing to react based on fear. And I said, what were, what were you doing? He said, I was quoting Psalm 91 on the inside. He said, I was quoting Psalm 91 on the inside. I was quoting Psalm 91 on the inside. I was quoting Psalm 91 on the inside. Long story short, the man took the gun, pointed at him, point blank, fired six times right point blank at him, and all six bullets went right between his legs. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Isn't that exciting? Glory to God. And then there's another story. That I actually I, I listened to it. You've heard of John Heggie. You've heard him. And back years ago, when he was it was in a much smaller setting before he ever had the big church and the, and the fame and all that. He was preaching probably much in a service like we are here today. And 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 actually back then they had the cassette tapes and. Uh, and, and there was a lady there that had a cassette tape player that was sitting there, and she was recording his sermons. They weren't even recording them on like you know, even we do here. This is back in the early days when he was just starting his church. And uh, and actually, I, I I was listening to him preach a message on this, and he was talking about it. And he had they had a they had a tape of the of the cassette tape that the lady had sitting there. And so anyway, a guy comes into the church, pulls out a gun, and says he's going to. Uh, going to shoot the place up. And so he comes up, walks up to John Heggie. He's standing on the platform. The guy is just, now this is all being caught on the, on the tape. The guy gets like almost point blank range from John Heggie, you know, has the gun there and fires, boom, 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 boom. And I mean almost point blank right at John Heggie. Boom, 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 boom. And all the bullets missed him, <laughs> glory to God. And they took all the bullets out of the back wall, but he was not harmed. Can anybody say amen? That's exciting, isn't it? Absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. And you can hear him when you can hear him, you can hear John Hagee on that tape rebuking the guy in, in the name of Jesus, you see. But and, and John Hagee was teaching on the 91st Psalm. He said they just stood on the 91st Psalm and the bullets couldn't harm them. Isn't isn't that something? I believe it. I don't know if I believe it. And then verse 6. You don't have to be afraid of the pestilence that walks in darkness. Pestilence, that's sickness, that's disease. That, 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 uh, this pestilence, this word pestilence doesn't, doesn't mean, you know, that you know, all of a sudden they discovered something that's not working right in your body. What this has to do with is something like this coronavirus, something that's spreading, that's going around. The Bible says we don't have to be afraid of the pestilence, say amen, amen. that walks in darkness. Now, underline that walks in darkness. I think that's interesting because as I've listened to the news media this last week, they say that this particular virus, somebody can have, now watch this, somebody can have it, they have no symptoms, yet they can pass it to somebody else. That's a pestilence walking in darkness. And the Bible already has us covered on that. Psalm 91 says we don't have to be afraid of the pestilence 
that walks in darkness. Glory to God. Nor of, the, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand, watch as a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. And then verse 9, because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, see there it is again, even the, a refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, see we have to dwell in that secret place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Well, that's a plague, isn't it? That coronavirus, that's a plague, that coronavirus. No plague shall come near your dwelling. Let's stand on that. What do you think? Now, it's interesting on this, talking about a plague, it made me think of a story that one of our Bible school teachers told us when we were at Rhema many years ago. His name was Doc Horton. And uh, he was one of the teachers there, and I had, I had a lot of respect for him. He, I tell you what, he was, he was a, a, a preaching machine, and, and he, but he used to be a pastor before he came to teach at Ramah, and a good friend of Brother Hagin's, you know. And um, he came to, uh, uh, to, to Ramah there, to the Bible school to teach, and we were sitting in his class. And he said that when he was pastoring, there was a certain area. He, it was in, I believe, the Atlanta, Georgia area. There was an area there that uh, was uh, uh, prone to flash flooding. And there was a big flash flood that came through and destroyed all of the homes, as it was reported on the news, all of the homes in this certain area. And so... The next day he gets in his car and he drives over there because he had a couple of church members over there and he wanted to go check on them. And uh, this one particular lady, uh, she was somebody that stood on the 91st Psalm, regularly stood and, and he knew that. But he just assumed, you know, all their houses are destroyed, all, you know. And, and, you know, a lot of people living in that area that were not born again, you know, didn't know the Lord. And he had a couple of church members there and one, this one lady. And so he, got, he drives into that area in, in, in the, next, the next day. And, and at Flash Flood had come through there the day before. And uh, he could see just total destruction. Just total wipeout. Just total destruction. And he drives along and he goes to the, one of his church members' houses, you know, and just total, totally destroyed and went to another church member's house or totally destroyed, just total destruction. And then he goes up to this lady's house who was a member in his church and uh, he could see the watermark, he could see the, the watermark on, on the front of her house, how it had risen, risen about three, three and a half feet, whatever it was. He could, however up it went, waist deep. He could see that, and he figured, well, her house must be wiped out also, and he goes up and rings the doorbell, and she comes to the door and opens the door, and he walks in, and the house is untouched, just, just pristine, just, just no, no water, nothing, just looked like 
nothing had ever happened. He went in and he sat down. He said, my gosh, lady, what, what's the deal? She said, well, she said, Pastor Horton, she said, yesterday, when that flash flood came up, she said, the waters were rising and rising and rising. And she said, I stood on the 91st Psalm and I spoke to those waters in the name of Jesus that they'd not come in my house. And she said that I was looking out the window and the water was rising. I could see it going all over the place. It came up my driveway, up my, on my grass. It came up and she said it, it, was, it was way up there. She said, and I saw, saw it out there. She was way up there, but I was waiting for it to come pouring in my door and it never did. And it never did. And it never did. And then she said, I went over there to the door and I opened the door. And she said, when I opened the door, she said, I, I, she was, I mean, she, you, he said you could tell she was still shaken. She said, when I opened the door, she said, I saw something. I, it, it defied everything I'd ever, she said, she said, when I opened the door, I saw the water. It was standing there about three, three and a half feet deep. But it was just standing there and all I could see was a wall of water, but it wouldn't come in my front. Glory to God. I said, 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 glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Excuse me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. My God, that's exciting. I said, praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. That's the kind of God we serve. And then she said, I went to my back door and I opened it up and the water was standing back there too. She said, it wouldn't come in my back door either. And she said, then I really started shouting, praise God. Can anybody say amen? Glory to God. Praise God forevermore. That's the kind of God we serve. We ought to let the devil be running roughshod over us. We've got a covenant with God. We're joint heirs with Christ. We need to turn the tables around here a little bit. Stand up in the covenant that God has given us. And we need to start running the devil off instead of him running us around. Can anybody say amen? Absolutely the truth. The devil, I'm going to tell you, the devil is just like those terrorists. Do you ever see those terrorists? Do you ever see those terrorists? They're so high and mighty while they've got the gang and whatnot, and they've got a couple of people out there, and they'll cut their heads off and do whatever. But do you ever notice when the United States Marine Corps comes in on them? They're a bunch of low-life cowards, aren't they? And they'll hide behind women and children, is that right? And they'll run like a whipped dog when somebody stronger than them comes in. Well, bless God, the devil's the same way. And we've got Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And we're joint heirs with him, bless God. And we need to stand up to the devil. And the Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. And the Bible says he'll flee from you as in stark raving terror. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to turn the tables on the devil. Glory to God. Praise God. Verse 11 says, He'll give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And the Amplified says, All your ways of obedience and service. In their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Let me explain that in modern day English. God wants you so protected that you don't even stub your little toe. 
You'll tread on the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. These are demon powers. And where are they supposed to be? Under our feet. Because he set his love upon me. See, we've got to set our love upon him. I will deliver him. I'll set him on high because he's known my name. See, all of us have known his name as Savior, but we need to know his name not only as Savior, but as healer, provider, and deliverer. Glory to God. Verse 15, he'll call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Listen, God never promised to keep you out of all the trouble, but he has promised to deliver you from out of all the trouble. Just like Daniel, remember, he wasn't delivered uh, from going into the lion's den, but God went in that lion's den with him and delivered him right out of the thing. Glory to God. The, the three Hebrew children, God didn't deliver them from going into the fiery furnace, but God delivered them in the midst of the fiery furnace. See, they were both, Daniel and those Hebrew children, they were both in trouble, but God delivered them out of that trouble. Can you say Amen. David said this, Many are the afflictions of the righteous... But the Lord delivers him out of them all. The Apostle Paul writes and says, Persecutions, afflictions which happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. And then, of course, the 16th verse of Psalm 91 says, With long life. That's a good one to grab a hold of. I will satisfy him with long life. I will satisfy him. Long life. You can go into the Bible and you can make a good argument that God has given us a lifespan here of a maximum of 120 years. You can see that in the book of Genesis. So I believe you live till you're satisfied. With long life, I'll satisfy him. And show him my salvation. And this word salvation does not just mean going to heaven. It means that all right. But it also means deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. And then Isaiah declares and says by the Holy Spirit of God. He says, no weapon formed against you will what? will prosper. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Now stand with me if you would. Let's all stand on the 91st Psalm. What do you say? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, if you need prayer for anything, there's some folks up here that will pray with you. Otherwise, leave on the, do, do what we said. Do those three things. What were they again? What were they? The first thing, you have to walk in, walk, you have to abide in the secret place of the Most High. Right? You got to do that. Walk in light, walk in love. Second thing, watch what you've been saying about the Lord. 
And thirdly, to put all your trust in Him. And then all the rest of those verses of Psalm 91 will go into effect for you. Amen. Amen. Well, greet a couple of few people and you're dismissed. We love you. See you, see you next time.